0: And welcome to the stu We haven't been here for a little while But we're back Hello, hi Hello, here we are again That's Stu,
1: and I'm Mark And um, Stu, we're not alone We're not alone We no. have people here we're, with us We're sharing the speaking duties We are We thought we'd
0: invite some of our mates along to do it um, And this is sort of a rehearsal for our next universe, Which we have a grand plan for Which we're quite excited about, Don't aren't we? Don't give it away I went, no, I'm not going to say a word. I'm not going to say anything. But I am going to introduce our friends, Sean. Hello. And Miles. Hello. And Sam. Hello. Oh, ah, yeah, it's a bit male heavy. We tried to get some of our um female friends along, but they um didn't want to. Aren't interested in space. No, just yeah, said, forget it. I don't think Very I'm things ju- to do. Yeah, I don't, I don't think women in general aren't interested in space. Just want to clarify that. Uh but they just weren't interested in this space that we're talking about here.
1: Maybe they're just not interested in us.
0: I find that hard to believe, don't you? No. <laughs> so um we're all friends, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> Famous. <laughs> that sounded really convincing, didn't it? Yeah. at the end. <laughs> yeah, we're all friends at this point of the recording, aren't we?
2: I'm just trying to think. How much should we offer to do this? Sporty quid. How much do they give you? Some biscuits. Oh, all
1: right. right. Okay.
0: <laughs> You're getting biscuits.
2: <laughs> Who's giving you biscuits?
1: Oh, I can't. I can't talk about that.
0: All right.
1: Five quid's Five quid.
0: I suppose it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of broken biscuits. Do you still get broken biscuits? I do
2: do yeah. you? Yeah, See them in the market. Yeah, all yeah. you need to do is just drop the packet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, that's a good idea. It's a very good idea. Uh, That'd be a bit annoying though, because you pay a premium to do that, wouldn't you? Yeah, the biscuits sat- are cheaper, but the satisfaction of doing mm. it. I mean, you can't put a price on that. We all.
0: I'm going to to call it mugging. We all mug you (coughs) to tell us space-related stuff every time we see you pretty much, don't we?
1: I thought it was just an excuse for us to go to the pub and say that we weren't just going to drink.
0: Shut (laughs) up. (laughs) (laughs) We don't need people to know that. Can I ask you about about something we spoke about in the pub not long ago?
1: Uh, Is this about whose round it
0: was? No. Okay. No, because we know it's Miles' round. Right. Isn't it? Is it my round? Usually. Really? Yeah. We, we got talking about this and everyone found it quite mind blowing. Um, we were talking about all the millions, billions of galaxies out there.
1: Yeah, the what, galaxies themselves. What are we in? Are we in millions or billions? Oh, more than billions. I mean, so the the galaxies themselves are the homes of of the stars, yeah. and there's a couple of hundred billion stars in each galaxy, and then the galaxies are just scattered through the universe. I mean, countless billions, really. I wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if it weren't trillions of them.
0: Would you, but not as much as a gazillion. <laughs> That's <laughs> stupid, isn't it? Isn't a word? Is it?
2: Is that, is that a number? No. Is not as much as a is it? Sorry, Stu. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: no. Fact-checking, though. <laughs> fatuous checking, I'm going to call it. Um, but, OK, I can get my head around that. And then um, I can't remember how it came up, but someone said something along the lines of... And uh, all these uh, billions and billions and billions of galaxies, they're all kind of one ends and then the other one begins, don't they, Stu? To which you answered...
1: Ah, no they're not they're not uniformly scattered throughout space and very close together um, the space between the galaxies is much much larger than the diameters of the galaxies themselves so the Milky Way which is a, a fairly large galaxy one of the largest um, is about a hundred thousand light years across mm-hmm. the distance from the Milky Way to the next Big galaxy, which is the Andromeda Galaxy, is 2 million light years. So it's sort of a factor of 10 um, more <laughs> empty space than, than galaxies. That
2: sort of thing actually makes me feel slightly nauseous. It's <laughs> <If there's> something <laughs> my brain can't, I can't it's so <laughs> ridiculous. It's so insane. I, I think. I and mean, me-
1: having the tools to measure it as well is is equally fascinating, isn't it? Well, that's one of the one of the absolute classic um, defining moments of 20th century science was the astronomer Edwin Hubble, who determined how you could measure these distances. Um, by using stars that, that that pulsate. And all these stars that change their brightness are the same, um, uh, 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 give out the same amount of light. So if one of them is further away, it will look naturally dimmer.
0: So just pointing you at the mic, even think, if you're yeah. speaking to Mars, you don't have to make eye contact with him. And in fact, I'd recommend you don't, don't because yeah. Yeah, it, it, it can lead to nothing. Yeah. <laughs>
3: A bit like a bit, a bit like the space between galaxies. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, when we look up into the night sky, mm-hmm. do we see anything that isn't in our galaxy?
1: You only see one thing if you know exactly um, where to look. In the if you're in northern hemisphere yeah. and you look um, in the constellation of Andromeda, mm-hmm. and um, you you can find the star charts online, but you can just see the Andromeda galaxy at, at just over 2 million light years away as this tiny, tiny faint smudge in the sky. So the light that you're, that's, that's hitting your eyes yeah. at that moment uh, was released from the Andromeda galaxy 2 million years ago. Jeez. What? And no. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. No. What? 2 million years ago? So light began its journey and light is the fastest thing in the universe, but it's taken it as 2 million years to cross the void between Andromeda and the Milky Way and the Rive. Sean, you look a bit upset by that.
4: Well, my daughter complains after 10 minutes in the car, so I'm just thinking, <laughs> you know... That
2: long just
1: an like, alien? Like. Just like, hell, <laughs> are we there?
0: Are we there? <laughs> yeah. uh, that would be, be a lot of games of Uno, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. a <And> I, <laughs> I
3: spy. I, I spy something. <laughs> don't we need to stop. <laughs> that, oh, does it space don't, don't we begin
0: with N? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing.
3: <laughs> so it must be kicking
1: out quite a lot of light as well to get to us the, in the first place. There's yeah, the combined light of a couple of hundred billion stars is what you're seeing as this barely visible smudge in the sky.
0: Who left it on? That's what I wanna know. Yeah, Almost as powerful as Blackpool
3: then. So. <laughs> yeah, you can see Blackpool from space. <laughs>
0: <laughs> from Andromeda. <laughs> And there's people in Andromeda getting out, going, and uh, this we're not sure what this is, but uh, round about October, November every year it gets slightly brighter, <laughs> and. <laughs>
1: that the light that comes from the surface of the sun takes eight minutes to cross um, space between the sun and the earth so that the light that you know we see is is eight minutes ago was at the surface of the sun but actually the light itself was created in the center of the sun where through through nuclear processes Mm. and then the gas in the sun is just so dense that the light can't can't easily pass through it It virtually fights its way out just being sort of knocked around like a billiard ball and it takes hundreds of thousands of years for that piece of light to get from the center of the Sun to the surface where it can then fly off at the speed of light so that means that every piece of sunlight that's in this room at the moment was created in the center of the Sun before any human walked to the earth
2: Uh it's true
0: how
1: I we think we know need to this? leave it there. I don't think i are really like hang it anymore. <laughs> I don't
2: think there's anyone about to How do we oh, know God. this? Yeah, see, yeah, so this is the thing. Yeah, uh, 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 this this is what it's. Yeah. Isn't Miles, it Miles Miles, is having some kind of turn. Yeah. Some <laughs> kind of well, existential crisis going on to my left. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's just incredible, isn't it?
1: So, this is where, uh, th- this is where um, these kind of mind blowing things are, is, is where. Um, mathematical modeling comes into play Mm. and this is a big change in the way that science was done in the beginning of the 20th century so up until that point really a physicist um would would create an experiment in the lab to see you know to, to perfectly adjust something to see what that meant for the outcome right but if you're only going to do that then how can you know anything about the stars that's the question. You can't mm. ever go and directly measure some of these things. You can't reach them. So you have to develop all these indirect um, ways of doing it. And uh, a British astrophysicist called Arthur Eddington, he said, well, there are certain things I can measure about stars, for example, like their brightness, mm-hmm. and then I can use the physics from the lab to work out a plausible um scenario for how that star is working and I can calculate and 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 model with mathematics what a star would do and how it would behave mm. and then I'll just transform that into things that I can measure to test my ideas so in a sense you can't be absolutely certain for 100% that these are the right um explanations but they fit all of the known facts um, and so you, you, there is an element of, uh, of, of faith, I suppose, in what we're doing. But yeah. It's based upon um, rigorous uh, physics as defined in the laboratory and then uh, just mathematics and measurement of what you can see about the universe and the creation of plausible models um, for what these celestial objects are and how they behave. Can we be certain when that light is kind of
0: pinging... Inside the sun, our yeah. star, can we be certain it isn't making the same noise a pinball machine makes when it hits off one of the Or
1: like pong? Donk. Yeah. Dunk. Uh, uh Yes, you can actually. You got flippers. A uh, <laughs> <laughs> little tally score yeah. it all goes a bit wrong, and you get a tilt sign. <Hey>!
0: Oh, that, yeah. <laughs> Something that uh, was it last week or the week before this popped up that there might be some habitable <clears> throat> planets, throat> yes, not too far away.
1: Yeah, that's right. So, 40 light years away, uh, three planets have been discovered around uh, the same star, but. The key thing about these is that the star is extremely dim. It's uh, it's an ultra-cool dwarf star, and it's only about the size of Jupiter. <laughs> Sorry, specific... Sam's laughing. <laughs> Why are you laughing? You're no, I'm laughing a cool
2: dwarf
3: star. I, said, <laughs> dwarf star. Yeah, you're... <laughs> I just pictured one of the seven dwarves in sunglasses and, <laughs>
2: and jeans, <Okay>. ripped jeans. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say, I know you to do why, yeah. why is it when whenever something's small in space, it's never it's about the size of a, a Brazil night? Like, it's always like it's the size of <laughs> like a million years. Or it's nothing it's nothing's ever really small, is it? It's there anything that's smaller do, than like Do you like, measure anything in Brazil nuts? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's nothing is there
1: genuinely thing to start there. It's genuinely really small. Yeah, you could have a little oh, apart from atoms. Um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> atoms yeah is there anything
0: small in space no apart from oh that thing that makes up all of space no i meant
2: i meant you know what things you can actually you know what i'm trying
1: to say yeah so uh when you go out um and watch shooting stars yeah and meteor showers those little streaks of light in across the sky in the atmosphere they're being produced by um dust grains okay no atmosphere yeah there's just little bits of of dust that have come from asteroids or comets or something like that, and then they burn up and they produce the, the shooting stars in the sky.
0: And, uh, and is it just the speed and the friction that causes the burning and therefore the, the trails? Yeah, essentially, yeah. Get me episode 7 say,
2: and
1: each bit of dust is about the size of Oxford Street or something <laughs> they're all like normal size pieces of dust yeah they're, 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 okay. they're all like yeah. like peanuts or something like, like that like, they can be peanut sized yeah smaller or didn't you? see they're how peanut sized is a big
2: bit of dust oh yeah how many bits yeah.
1: of dust in your house Sean have you got the size of peanuts well it's been
0: a given year for it you need to get a cleaner in what's happening in your house that you have money if you got a cleaner you need to get the muscle ads on it hang on isn't most dust human skin it is in which case it's coming off you in well, peanut size nuggets yeah,
4: I've been looking for my ear for a couple of weeks so yeah. <laughs> there you go what's going on you were telling what us about we, these planets these pla- yeah so
1: these planets uh, so the, so um, the, the star itself is extremely dim so it's not giving up much light but the planets are so close to the star itself, that their years last just a few days. They're making complete orbits around their uh, around this star just in a few days. And if you calculate how warm the surfaces of these planets would be, um, then they're they're about the temperature that you could have liquid water on the surface. Mm-hmm. So the state of the art of looking for these planets at the moment is just to do that calculation and if you get somewhere around you know 30 degrees or so um, you go oh that could be habitable. So... Um, How long would it take us to get there? Uh, we're travelling at the speed of light 40 years um, but we don't get any, even a fraction um, of that so it's, it's centuries of, or thousands of years of travel time. However... The most important thing about it is because they're close by and because the, the star that they're orbiting is relatively dim, it means that it's a really good targets for uh, the next generation of telescopes that are being developed at the moment uh-huh. to try and see the light from the star pass through the atmospheres of these planets and then we can start looking for the chemical composition of the atmospheres. So we can actually be able to test um, within the next decade to 20 years whether there's, there's life on those planets because life oh actually goodness. changes the chemical composition of the atmosphere of the planet. So Earth's atmosphere um, just tells anyone who wants to look that there's life here because you've got oxygen in there, you've got methane, you've got carbon dioxide, and these things don't naturally um, exist together. So that's, I think, the real excitement. That is plans. exciting.
0: What were you going to say, Sam? No, <sighs> that's mind-blowing. Um, this may be a bit of a... Well, it is a tangent, but I'm not going to apologise for it. Um, <laughs> say we did spot life mm-hmm. and we knew it was somehow intelligent life. Mm-hmm.
1: What would happen? What happens then? I mean, that's... <clears throat> I mean, that's the really interesting question, isn't it? I mean, you, I... Thank you.
0: Mark I'm, I'm re- Mark asked a really interesting question. Is that the first time I've ever said that in this
1: podcast? It probably is,
0: actually. Yeah.
1: I'll let my card down there tonight. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what So what happens? What does happen? Well, um, it's... You now, if I remember this correctly, the the, the sort of... The, the best practiced guidelines um, are that everyone is told there's 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 i mean there would be there's no chance of conspiracy theory and cover ups and anything like this mm. there's just absolutely no chance and the the reason why this is why there's 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 no um, you know, secret store of of UFOs and crashed spacecraft and alien bodies being hidden away by any kind of government anywhere. Because, of course, what would be the biggest thing to generate a funding boost for scientific research? That would be finding (laughs) alien life. So there's no way NASA's going to sit on that. (laughs) um, The the question, you see, that that, that you can get to if you find extraterrestrial life is, is it based on DNA? And that's a crucial question because on Earth, we can only have life through DNA to, 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 to carry the genetic information and to um, make copies of it. But can there be other molecules? Now, if there are other molecules that can carry genetic information, then the origin of life on that planet, wherever that is, must be different from the origin of life event on the Earth, yeah, and if you can have two different ways of of, of carrying information and making life, it automatically makes the chances of uh, of life elsewhere just much bigger, because it doesn't have to follow the same path one set that path. We did, yeah. If, however, you you, you you somehow did find that the, that extraterrestrial life was based on DNA, then well, DNA is so difficult to create. How does it? How does it do it twice, identically, on two different planets, so far, far apart? Um, Can life in some way be transported through space, or maybe on meteorites, or something like that? Well, we have seen Prometheus. I don't know if that's. I haven't seen Prometheus. Ridley Scott's got there
3: before us. Yeah. Yeah, Spoiler Spoiler alert! Not for the film you won't watch. Yeah, I won't watch any (laughs) of these
2: films. we will grow a beard called Prometheus, though. Oh, <laughs> a reference to my
0: beard. Mm.
1: What's uh, what's Tim Peak up to? Oh, Tim Peak's been taking his driving test. Is he? So what? yes. What? So what's
0: you I <laughs> <laughs> tell you where I bet he's been practicing Tim. my road. I'm not kidding you. Oh, the three point turners. It's a bit like mm. that bit in um, Super Mario Kart. Um, in the thingy coconut mole, Do you know coconut mole. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know. Yeah, and yeah, the yeah. bit at the end of it, before you oh, di- yeah, before yeah. you get to the lap where people are just going forwards and back, and there's about three or four in little cars <laughs> going forwards and back, and you have to. That's what my road is like. <laughs> <laughs> it's very. I know everyone has to learn somewhere. And most time I come to, I get caught behind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they stall it as always. Well, every nice. so like, oh. time, every time. Honestly, it drives me mad.
1: Sorry, Stu, so you were Tim
2: saying... He's driving us in space.
1: Yeah, so what's, uh, what's, what he's been doing, he's he, um, up on the space station and he's been uh, remotely operating a rover that will one day be used to um, explore Mars... I think talking, you mean like a Rover 75 yeah, or something. Range Rover. <laughs>
2: 3.5 V8. Yeah. <laughs> not, yeah, not
1: such a high trim standard on these Rovers <laughs> at the moment. Uh...
0: And he's been controlling it, uh, remote control, in a car park in Harlow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, funny, funny you oh, should say on. that. Um, it wasn't Harlow. Um, it was in Stevenage.
0: No way!
1: Uh, the, uh, the, and I... Uh, <laughs> So, so um, there's there's a big company Airbus um, that, yeah. are, that are oh, yeah. in Stevenage, and they're building. Wonder what they do. <laughs> 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 do they make buses for the, that uh, go in the air? Uh, yeah. yeah. Sorry, carry um, on. <laughs> well, they make. Um, uh, they're building the rover um, that the European Space Agency will send to Mars in 2020, and. Uh, they have a number of experimental rovers, um, that, prototypes that they have there, and they now have—it's um, just behind the cinema, virtually. They now have a big warehouse, um, sort of hangar, that they've decked out as, as like it's Mars, and it's, and, it's, and, 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 they, and and they call it Stevenage. It is all day, and it hasn't been nicked. Well, tell you what—I didn't see any hubcaps on those rovers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for all our
0: listeners in Stevenage, we don't mean it. we has been tagged,
2: it. though. They've tagged all the craters. <laughs> 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 what does that mean, Miles? Spray, you know, when you sort of tag something. Yeah, oh, he's so, so out of touch oh, with the ute, aren't you? The ute to ute. <laughs> so, have you been
1: there? Yeah, so I was there for Tim Peake controlling the, the, the rover. <laughs> oh, you so, just
0: you just mentioned this now.
1: They, <laughs> so they, they they invited a load of the press there, and uh, we we had a very jolly um, afternoon actually. So. Uh, and, and Tim Peake, so they'd, they'd, they'd decked out half of this Mars yard. It's pretty dim in there because they wanted it to be like at, 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 um, at, at twilight on Mars. And then they'd put these big screens up so that there was like a cave. And, um, and, and, and Tim Peake's job, with about 10 minutes warning... Was to be given a a sort of a mission sheet and a few um, uh, instructions on how to pilot this rover from his laptop. And then he had to go into this um, shielded or screened area, which was virtually pitch black in there, Mm. and look for special um, rocks that had been marked, um, simulating, looking for the science targets. And he was just doing all of this just on the fly from the space station. And the exercise lasted 90 minutes. And, and I stood still pretty much in the Mars yard for those 90 minutes, and Tim Peake went all the way around the Earth once in those 90 minutes while he was, what? While he was doing this. Because the space station goes all the way around the Earth once every 90 minutes. Wow, no. I'd get some pretty bad motion sickness with that. <laughs> with that happening.
2: So was he going around yeah. trying to locate these rocks? Yes. Yeah, so was, was it anyone done? going warmer? no, like helping him. <laughs> <laughs> that, was he just just keeping quiet? Oh, freezing cold. <laughs> freezing cold, Tim. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> You've already been there, Tim. What's the matter with you? What, what,
1: Mars. It, what, what, it it the same area of the main? Oh, sorry. Paint, yeah. yeah. <laughs> What they'd done is they'd painted fluorescent um, crosses on some of the rocks. Is that likely to have... happen in masks? <laughs> yeah, <they're laughs> really <similar to> <laughs> Some of those Stabilo boss pens, those <laughs> pens. That's why it was quite funny when you were talking about tagging the craters.
2: Oh, we see. Oh, ah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Ah, there we Did he have a walk around it when he was on Earth? No. He had absolutely Mm. no idea, just didn't know where any of these rocks were or anything. Do you think it was actually Mars? Which brings me to the the slightly funny part of the whole day. He was doing absolutely brilliantly um, until he... Oh, the rover's called Bridget, by the way. Well, of course. Mm -hmm. And and then he managed to shove Bridget up on a rock. Oh, Tim. It was going so well. It was going so well. what, what does Bridget do when she's on a rock? Well, actually, she's so well-designed that she just sort of, like, purchased there for a bit and then he drives her straight off, off it because that's just what Mars rovers are designed to do. But it did look quite funny as it was just, like, on this uh, you know, Mars rover called Bridget at a jaunty angle on a rock. In Stevenage. <laughs> In Stevenage. <laughs> Or you can... typical Friday night headline <laughs> <laughs> gold that was. <laughs> Bridget's on a rock, but absolutely brilliant. All the systems worked. Because um, part of the problem, of course, as well, is mentioning this fact that he's going around the earth. You know, yeah, um, goes around the earth once during this exercise, and and yet he stays in contact through the relay satellites, and it doesn't drop out at all. It just went. We had a five minute gap, which was planned. They knew it was coming. This this blackout. Right. It just embarrassingly happened to be when he'd shoved it up on a rock so everyone could go down and have a bit of a giggle um, but then just like a champ as soon as he was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. some Someone someone stood behind me and said, uh, well that's what you get if you hire a helicopter pilot to, <laughs> to drive a car <laughs> Meanwhile
0: this amazing first is happening yeah. um, <laughs> via the International Space Station <laughs> Idiot.
1: So, uh, yeah, so it was a a, a huge, huge success. So part of what this is designed for is that we can send um, people to planets much more easily than we can send them to planets and then land them on the surface. Right. So you could imagine spacecraft going into orbit around the moon or around Mars and then the astronauts uh, moving the rovers around in real time and just using them as, as robotic extensions, um, you know, their own arms and, and mm. that kind of thing. So this is this really will be technology for future exploration. That's great. That is amazing.
0: You didn't you didn't
1: let us know
2: about this before. How, how much longer has Mr Pete got up there?
1: Oh he's he's coming back in the summer, so okay. I mean it's, it's it's just it's just racing by the time. Yeah, how maybe. long has he been up there already? Uh since November. I want to say uh, November. So it's, it's towards the end of last year. He's he's not gonna summer. Whatever. Oh it might be December, yeah. No, no, he's coming back hmm. He'll Probably hmm. go to Croatia or something like the rest of us. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Are you going to Croatia? No. It's a bit of an odd thing to say then. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was just, just uh, trying to throw you off the scent. Kind going to be Fortnite and Port-A-N-O-S. Nice <laughs> relax. <laughs> <Big> colour. <laughs> All-inclusive. <laughs> yeah. That's all your entertainment. <laughs> all your
0: entertainment. And it's all bald. Well, it's half bald, but the snacks are so good. Yeah. Oh, I, I hit and the mic, sorry. It's
2: beer and um, sp- spirits. You can't have brandy stuff. But it's very good value. <laughs> <laughs> Just before we started recording I did uh, make a throwaway old comment about. Um, we, we, I, I, could you stop looking away from the mic? Sorry, sorry. I was just looking at what I was talking about. So uh, no. yes. Um, so everyone can see me looking away from the mic, obviously. <laughs> um, uh, so um, yeah, I asked uh, whether you could eat biscuits in space, and 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 so it's a very good question because apparently you can't eat things in space that are messy or cause debris.
1: That's correct. Crumbly, so crumbly things. Crumbly things. Are really space. bad. Crumbs in space are just you know worse than, than than crumbs in your own home because they just float around. Round. What would be worse, biscuit or feta? Oh, 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 what, like squeegee bits of feta? As in, like, yeah, you can
3: crumble feta. Like, if, if there were feta crumbs or biscuit crumbs, what would be worse?
1: Um, Let's think. I'm going to go with biscuit crumbs. Why? The reason about... Oh, the thing about crumbs is that um, they can get inside electrical circuits and 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 short-circuit things. Mm. So that's why you're not allowed crumbly food in space. So if you want to eat bread, for example, or some sort of bread product, then it's, it's tortillas and wraps. So... None Tortillas are quite crumbly, aren't they?
2: Really? No, they they are not like bread. You can tear them. You can tear them rather than they don't sort of crumble you away, do they? Think
4: of tacos,
3: I
2: think. Oh, maybe. Mm. Yeah, tacos. do <laughs> take
4: those. <laughs> <Yeah>. Doritos.
0: Tangy um, <laughs> cheese. <laughs> <laughs> um, and feta. Just,
1: uh, that would stink, wouldn't it? guys it, no. it would. It um, would drink
0: Yeah. Would do use by dates. Count in space. um Oh, that's a good question.
2: Yes. <laughs> well done Mark what makes you think they wouldn't count? In space? <laughs> um, time stops <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> well you've piped up now um, I, I don't that's know a good I don't know well you know because the atmosphere is different it's pure because uh, it's all kind of being
1: pumped uh, in isn't it yeah. I mean most of the food will be sort of vacuum sealed so um, hmm. yeah what's a sort of typical typical dinner well, they, they have a range of things that they can take. The most interesting thing um, about all of this is that the foods that taste good to you on Earth often don't, uh, aren't good in space. It's the space air. Space air. Because it's so, <laughs> what they find is that astronauts crave spicy foods. So they're just just dis- because they're strong flavors, just because they're strong flavors. So because you've got no natural, um, really smells up on the space station. You know everything's mm. so filtered, and and somehow or another, uh, the the yeah when you, when they want food, um, they want the, the really strong flavors and things that they test on Earth and say they don't like on Earth, they can then suddenly sort of really like them. Up in space. It's really weird. Mm. Let's
0: play a game I'm making up on the spot, oh. called Space or Erase.
1: Oh, Bear with me. Possibly go wrong.
0: We'll say foodstuffs, <laughs> and if it's okay to eat in space, oh you say God. space, and if it's not, you say erase. <laughs> I think we should work on
3: the title for next. Not even Channel 5 would commission.
0: No, okay. Um, It sounds like a partridge idea. Okay. Okay, here we go. Bananas. Uh, Yeah, space. Space, thank you. Please play by the rules. Sorry. Um, Sam?
1: Say dime bars. Dime bars. A chocolate bar. Chocolate bar yeah if you, no
3: specifically yeah. dime bars oh, oh. they're not they crumbly do,
1: they, they don't crumble but they oh, well, snap I mean well, that, yeah, that, yeah you could probably take some of those mm-hmm. rice rice yeah that'd be good space sorry space Sean <laughs> sure? Cornish pasty no way <laughs> just on so many little. oh sorry oh dear erase <laughs> <laughs> whose uh, name's in the beginning of this podcast uh, is it the Markiverse <laughs> no <laughs> He's never been like this before. He's
0: never been like this. Is it your turn again? It is. Okay. Because no one else is thinking of anything. Space. Uh, Tic tacs. Tic tacs. Good. Uh, Yeah, space. Um, A jacket potato with beans
1: and cheese. (laughs) Erased, definitely, on so many levels. Oh, because of the. (laughs) Spaghetti.
0: How how are you doing it four ways? Just
2: <laughs> Sorry to hear that. Dried and burnt.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Just straight spaghetti. So there's no mayonnaise on it. I don't want to I don't want to mess with it.
3: Yeah. Yeah, spaghetti would be good. Would you be able, would you space? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> would you be, would you be able to cook it? Would you have to take it up it and cook it up there or Oh, you don't. Like, do they, they, I'm assuming they don't have like, big cooking a cooking facilities. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. An arga, an arga.
3: <laughs>
0: they don't even have a George
2: Foreman grill. What arga? A deep oh. fat fryer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Very handy. Warms all the towels up the, before the shower. <laughs> keeps the whole spacecraft warm. An oil burner. Space station warm. <laughs> an and and only, the only thing is, it, yeah, weighs the entire spaceship. Then so heavy. <laughs> i <laughs> Why, why Why is the space station lurching like that? Oh, hang on. I think that's the end where the arga is. Aga. It takes about a fortnight to cook a chicken. It's ridiculous. Yeah. What's yeah. <laughs> the flavour of it? Oh, I can not
0: believe it. The idea that everything stops on a Sunday afternoon on the space station for a
2: roast. Tim, when I was roasting, another five minutes. <laughs> Tim's got his space pinny on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> uh,
3: Oh, Jesus. oh, dear God, me. Do you joke about Shrove Tuesday on the space station?
2: Oh, yeah. So, I uh, was <laughs> <laughs> saying about uh worst possible thing probably to have would be Shrove Tuesday doing uh, pancake tossing because you would throw it up in the air and it would remain so. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's done it again.
0: <laughs> in the end, there's something like 48 pancakes just, just floating, just floating, around floating around in space because they
2: haven't remembered each time. <laughs> Someone get rid of these pancakes and really no, get it's under my skin. <laughs> obstacle course. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
0: Oh, dear me. Um, Okay, uh, I'm going to ask you about um, uh, the new NASA
1: mission. Ah, Juno, that's arriving at Jupiter next month. So we can talk about it more (laughs) when it um, actually gets there. This is quite an exciting mission because... We still don't really know how Jupiter formed. It's the, it's the largest planet in the solar system. Uh, it's 10 times more than 10 times uh, the diameter of the Earth. And there are two different ways that it's, it can form. It can either form extremely quickly, so there's just a, um, a, a lot of, of, of gas that just falls together very quickly, or it can form much more like we think the Earth formed in that little um, bits of rock come together and and build up into something bigger and then when it reaches about three to five times the mass of the Earth then it starts pulling gas out of the nebula and becomes Jupiter and this spacecraft will fly such close orbits around the planet that um, its movement will tell us whether there is this um, big rocky core um, in the center, or whether it's just um, sort of homogeneous and gaseous all the way through.
3: Wow.
1: So it's a, that's a really exciting mission. It will also look for um, the water content of um, Jupiter as well, because that can tell us whereabouts it formed in the solar system. So it may not be that Jupiter is now in the orbit in which it's formed. It may have moved slightly. It may have shifted. Yes, and when we see the planets around other stars, um, we certainly see big planets like Jupiter extremely close to their stars, and, and no one can really think that they can form there. There's just not enough material um, for the planets to form from that close to their stars. So we think they've moved, they've formed further out, and then migrated inwards. But so that can, be the gravity yeah. of the star? Can you, can you yeah. define extremely close? <laughs> uh, Brazil yeah. not or It's not, space. Space. It's it's extreme, not yeah. extremely close, <laughs> is it? That was, was an astronomically, <laughs> I I know, uh, extremely close. <laughs> yes, but uh, yeah, still a million uh, kilometers or a couple of million, something like that. So. Uh, but if we can start measuring the um, so the water content of Jupiter to work out where it formed and now where it is today, we can then subsequently do those same measurements for these planets around other stars. So you can measure their water content and see, and that will be the sort of fingerprint of where they formed. So we'll be able to look at where they are, measure this water to see where they formed and know how much um, they've migrated and it's probably a, um, a sort of a friction process with the the cloud in, from which they formed. So it saps their orbital energy, and then they sort of fall inwards. And it may be that if these planets form very quickly, while the clouds are still very dense around them, then they move. Uh, there, there's there's more time for them to migrate and move. So by going to Jupiter and understanding. Its internal structure, its formation, and how it's moved between then and now, uh, we'll be able to apply that to um, the, all the planets. you see thousands of planets that we now know exist around other stars. So it unlocks um, the, the, well. It, un, it unlocks these planets and their history for us.
0: Wow! How
3: do how does Juno and in fact any other satellite or? Mm-hmm. Um, Discovery probe? mission is it a probe? probe. Is it a probe spacecraft? Anything spacecraft? Yeah.
1: Mm. How do they transmit data back through radio signals? So they just have these, the big dish um, that sort of dominates these spacecraft. Mm. Is the is the thing that points back to Earth? And it's just radio, not it's radio. But at the moment in Earth orbit now, we're starting to experiment with laser communications. Hello. So, Hello. There's a new system up there called EDRS, which is um, just being uh, put up by the um, by the European Space Agency at the moment. That's a laser-based relay system.
0: Now, we have a friend. I'm looking at Miles. We have a friend. Uh, we won't say who he is, but he once told me that his office in London communicates all its data to another office in London via a laser oh, that's right. on the yeah. rooftop, yeah. beaming straight
1: to a kind of a receiver or something i think that's that it's the way to go because you can put much more um data on a laser beam than you can on a radio signal so your bandwidth is automatically bigger um because it's it, it's beamed directly and, and and radio waves spread out a lot more you, uh, you you don't need to use so much power um and also if it's if it's sensitive data as well um it's very difficult to intercept. Um, with a radio signal, you know, you're, just, you're just beaming it out pretty much all over the place. I was going to say, you can't send um, it everywhere, don't you, if it's a radio signal. Exactly. So, and if it, but if it's on a laser beam, then it's, it's, it's really you know, sharply pointed. And if you're going to try and interfere with that in any way, then you're going to have a loss of signal um, mm-hmm. power. So you, in principle, you should be able to detect that. So these are just, it's, just, it's just better always around to use optical communication. We should try and get our um, our internet laser beamed in. <laughs> Wouldn't that
2: be a to good our, time. to our office? Yeah, it's yeah. not not can just, the best just see internet. That happening, yeah,
0: mm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's very likely. That's very likely. I'm going to ask you one more quick thing, then we'll see if the uh, the chaps here want to ask you anything else. Sean, you're very quiet.
4: I feel a bit lightheaded actually, listening to some <laughs> of this stuff. It's um, just oh, getting
0: my head around. No, you know what that will be, Stu's voice. Mm. I've been yeah. told by a lady friend that she adores Stu's voice and that um, it it makes her feel funny. Well, he, like can, wine. Yeah, he can whine. He can calm raging balls. balls. Why,
2: yeah. <laughs> like what funny. Panic attack yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, she's uh, still in the airing cupboard. I do I do think I've said this before you have a very soporific voice I think oh, it'd be let's, brilliant let's, for the kids. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, I just think he's got a wonderful storytelling yeah. voice. It's beautiful.
0: Stop branching out a bit. Anybody want to say anything about my voice or?
3: I think you should say less. I
2: Just hold up a post it note for the question. Yeah. Let's I, never do I, this again. Yeah. <laughs> I,
1: I do actually have a friend who said to me, I think Mark's got a really nice voice. Really? <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yes.
0: Oh, that's nice. Hello. Hi. Hold on. <coughs> Don't do your Terry Wogan. Hi. Oh, shall I do my Terry Wogan? No, no, oh, I'll God, do it once. No, just get it out of the way. Ah. That's it. <laughs>
2: John Coulshire over there.
0: Now, uh, this won't be great for people listening, but I'm going to do it as a clue for Stu, OK? I'm going to now mime something, and it's the clue for what I'd like you to tell us about. That's another NASA mission-y thing at the moment. Just give me a bit of space, Sam, this is please. is
1: work perfectly, isn't it, Or Oh, if I need to quick take a picture, quick. Does
0: anyone want to describe like what I'm say,
3: doing? No, Mark's kind of zombie. doing a zombie looking up in the air with his Might arms up. been shot. Up.
1: Can I just Uh, check that since this is one of your fast days, was that the mime or did you just suddenly zone
0: out? Did did I just have an absence?
1: No, that is the
2: mime. You look like a bloated corpse floating in the Ganges.
0: (laughs) And to, all, and to all our
2: younger listeners,
0: um, <laughs> hey, we might edit a bit of this. Uh, <laughs> well, that you managed to get fifty minutes through. Well, I, you said it was a half
2: hour, so for me, oh, it's yeah, all oh, yeah. off are off have thirty minutes. Yeah. Month,
1: right?
0: I'm going to do my impression, uh, my mime again. Here we go. There
1: you go. So Mark is in suspended animation. Bingo. <laughs> Yeah, so NASA, um, NASA are funding a um, study uh, to look into the possibility of, of putting astronauts into some form of suspended animation to get them to, to Mars and back. Like the beginning of Alien. Like the beginning of Alien, Ooh. yeah, except without the alien, obviously. Well, yeah. you know, that would like be a bad well, thing. Well, we don't know that. Um, <laughs> we've been saying about how we want to find extraterrestrial <laughs> life. So, um, yes, it's to um, try to... Uh, Induce a kind of um, torpor in. Um, <laughs> you know.
2: Just like the word torpor, it's, beautiful.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's made him cough. It has made me cough actually. Um, yes, uh, you know how you get some Radio afternoons. 3? Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I shouldn't say that, should I? Because you do stuff for Radio Three. brilliantly I like yeah, jazz well. record requests. <laughs>
1: So, uh, yes, they're going to. Um, it comes from uh, these studies that they've done where they've found that if they induce mild hypothermia into cardiac arrest victims, I mean, you would have thought of the last thing they needed <laughs> that was another problem. Um, but the survival rate um, is much I've heard this. higher.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: So, so, so this idea of, of <laughs> trying to cool um, people down so that they, you know, go into this uh, sort of hypothermic torpor. From mm. um, <laughs> the chest freezer in Iceland, um, amongst <laughs> the peas. Launch that. Yeah. <laughs> um, that is, well, actually, I mean that's the, that's that's sort of what we're talking about um, here. So um, to try to study this and see if it has as longer term applications. So um, what are they? practicing on <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think Sean's got something to say on this score
4: no I was just thinking like normally you give people a cup of tea if they're not very well <laughs> <laughs> I might be doing the opposite
3: I'd be doing go, it
1: all that wrong that's yeah. what you would be going wrong with Ivy next yeah. time she complains you know it's in the fridge with you
0: Okay. <laughs> again for our younger listeners <laughs> <laughs> mummy and daddy or whoever cares for you isn't really going to put you in a fridge or chest freezer
1: <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, yeah this company has been given uh, about half a million dollars um, by NASA just to, to study this effect um, we could have well, done it
2: for half how, of that. I was
1: going to say I could have done for a fraction of that yeah I should have applied it <clears throat> they'll come up for funding again next year so should we apply for it? Uh, yeah, download the form. Nothing else on Yeah, honestly. <laughs> Dad carries a couple of
2: chest freezers. Few few people willing to clamber in. <laughs> clamber.
0: And don't help them in any way. Sorry, part of the you're, you're part of the own test own. for being well, they'll film
1: them. That, that, that's how we'll keep the cost down, obviously. Yeah. You know, we won't have any sort of like ladder or you know, Did steps. you
2: did you feel sleep? Not much, we need some more money. <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: not working. So is it not, it's not NASA doing the actual project? So they've got, no. they've got another uh, company. Oh, here we in. go.
1: It's an Atlanta-based um, company called Spaceworks. Um, yeah, it's capable of placing the crew in an inactive torpor state for the duration of the in-space mission segments. I reckon you just need to choose the right things to show them on the on the in-flight TV service, and <laughs> that would like, do it. Um, so, yeah, what's the benefits of it as opposed to... Ah, of course. Um, you don't need to take... You shed loads of food, oh, and, right. Okay, yeah, and yeah, all yeah. of that with you, or all much space, or word searches, <laughs> <I'm> Sudoku.
2: Who <laughs> <Uno>.
4: knows?
0: <laughs> you really cut down on the
1: in-flight entertainment. The idea that they would have some people would still be um, awake on the spacecraft to, you know, to, mm. to to make sure everything was fine and to make sure that um, the, those sleeping are fine and all the rest of it yeah, so and then you don't wake to... up
0: the entire thing's just gone
3: yeah,
1: yeah.
0: trying on everyone else's clothes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's just you.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm David. Oh, look at me. I think I'm the best astronaut. I was, we're awake, by the way. Oh, sorry. I don't know what happened. <laughs>
1: so, uh, I mean, it's it, the way it's been written up in the press. It's it's like they're actually building these capsules and these the uh, and what have you. But it, it's just a study to see if it's it's possible. So,
2: see, I. Surely that's going to cost a lot more than a few people... Weight and a few bags of dehydrated chopped from to eat for four <laughs> days, <and> keeping them. <laughs> Before, oh, it takes more thing. than four days to get to well, Mars. you know, but yeah, mm-hmm. nine months. Mm-hmm. Nine see. months. So
1: oh, well, I suppose space to store all the stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's very yeah. True. So, and the more uh, and, and the more you need to take, so the more weight you've got, so the the, the more expensive to launch, right? Okay. And and oh, all of these so kind I'll of things. that was a press comment. Not at all. Not at all. Um, I I mean, did the, they really put out? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just. Don't get involved. Um <laughs> sorry, Stu, you were saying. No, I mean it's I think it's just one of those it's it's one of these sort of science fiction ideas that um that, that all the space agencies, ESA study these kind of advanced concepts as well. And it, it's it I I view it as a bit like playing poker really. You know, you put some money up front, yeah, you know, um, and to see if you get anywhere. And if it's a bad hand and it's not going to work and it's not going to save you in the long term, just fold and go back to you know doing things the way you've done them before. Just cheat. But just <laughs>
0: yeah. load the deck. I don't know what that means, but yeah, it's exciting though because you're right. It is the staple of decades
2: worth of science fiction. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the people in the pods asleep. Yeah.
1: You know, and there are certain animals as well that that, that naturally go into hibernation. Yeah, yeah, um, and survive freezing conditions and things like that. So it, you, nature's finding a way to do these things. Um, so, in principle, there should be a way for us to do it with with human beings as well. Makes sense. Wouldn't you
3: lose like muscle mass though, having like not using
1: your body would, for a long time? I would imagine that that's one of the um, things that they would look at. Yeah, but, Yeah. Also, I would imagine. I mean, animals do this, don't they? When they when they hibernate, they have to bulk up, and then mm. um, uh, and, and then they sort of steadily lose um, that weight. Yeah. Uh, if they if they were if this system was reducing your metabolism hugely, however, um, then that might stave that off because it's only the metabolism oh, yeah. and any the energy burning. Um, but. But these are the, I, I imagine these are the kinds of things that you would want to study um, to know if it's a goer or not.
0: We're almost out of time, but we have got time for uh, our guests just to ask any quick-fire questions. anything been bothering you about the, uh, the universe? Yes. That you want? Yes, yeah. Sean. Uh, quite a lot. Is that your question? <laughs> <laughs> more of a statement. A statement yeah. <laughs> yes, quite a
4: lot. So, so imagine somebody's doing their spacewalk, uh-huh. okay? Yeah. And for whatever reason, the helmet cracks. Yeah. And they're on their own. That's it, right? No one can get to them.
1: Uh-huh.
4: What will really happen? Because obviously we've seen what happens in movies, and it looks like it's made up, you know... Faces, you know, skin falling off and all the rest of it. What what would really happen?
0: For our younger listeners, <laughs> when we say skin falling off, we don't mean actually falling off, we mean turning into unicorns.
1: Sorry. Over to you <laughs> to answer that. Um Yeah, this will get messy actually. So um because what 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 what's gonna happen is, 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 is you're going to depressurize. Um and 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 so your know, blood vessels and things like that are just going to burst. Mm. So it so wouldn't be a lot of fun. Uh, no. How long how long would that take? Oh, now um gosh there were I mean in the nineteen fifties, nineteen sixties, so the beginning of the space race. Um yeah, there were some very um unpleasant experiments done. Uh, it's. I mean, it's minutes. I mean, it's, it's minutes. Yeah, mm. brought everyone down. Yeah. <laughs> what? Well, yeah. What? A, what? A, what a way to finish the podcast. I just, mm, huh. I just thought you could hold a breath or something. Yeah. No,
2: I was just about to say something about that because <laughs> there was a, Yeah, it's fine now. Yeah. <laughs> <There's a, laughs> bit of <a> you
1: <laughs> there's a science fiction sort of trope um, at one stage about. The one thing you shouldn't do if you're de- if, if if you're in a depressurization <laughs> situation is hold your breath because you just put more external pressure inside you, making the whole thing worse. Oh uh, yeah. Mm. Now whether that's whether whether that's just I remember whether, that from Event Horizon. Ah. Uh, whether that's just science fiction nonsense, you'd have to look at the um uh You'd have to look I'd at it. I'd hardly call Event Horizon, horizon nonsense. nonsense no. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I realise I'm
3: making it so a very, film.
0: very good film. It's the raw nerve there. <laughs> <laughs> um, Miles, have you got anything you want um, to quickly ask that maybe doesn't involve people's vessels <laughs> bursting? <laughs> or skin falling off?
2: <laughs> like little moonbeams. Um, <laughs> <hey>, so, uh, little <laughs> <domain> moonbeams? <laughs> um... <laughs> What are so if if you're in space that uh, Tim Peake's in space for that What are the, what are the possible psychological effects of being in space that long in one confined place?
1: I mean, it's it's, it's the same as the psychological effects of, of, of being confined in a in a yeah. space on Earth, really. Yeah, that's what, what I would imagine, and uh, and sort of each each person copes with it as and do they have best do they have they ways know. of training people for that uh, as well as all the physical training the sort of the mental aspect of it as well yes and and, and, and choosing the right people in the first place Right. And, uh, and but also providing them with as much sort of links to home as possible yeah. so that you know they can uh, make telephone calls and emails yeah, yeah. And, and all of these kinds Play of
0: things like with remote control vehicles in Definitely. Stevenage that exactly. kind of thing yeah.
1: yeah it's just distraction therapy yeah. do
0: you reckon is it your
3: question? Are you, are you going to ask your I question? I am going to ask a question. Yeah. Do you reckon... Sam, your question. Thanks. Do you reckon... What we do with
0: Oh, God. <laughs> no.
3: Okay, no, sorry. I'll not interrupt. Oh, okay. So, you know how... Well, I, I certainly idea. If I'm going to go on a plane, I don't watch movies about plane crashes and stuff. Do you reckon most astronauts avoid films like Alien and Event Horizon <laughs> before they go up? <laughs>
1: <laughs> they all get together just for, us, just for the traditional watching of Apollo 13. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. Okay,
2: get through an eight-pack of Stellar each and watch <laughs> for, the, for the night before. The, oh, Russians, terrible. the Russians, Russians
1: do have um, a ritual that they go through on the night before. So Tim Peake went through this um, ritual as well. Oh, okay. Um, and it happens me... in the woods and there's lots of candles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and yes, there is a host body.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they watch this one particular film. They eat this uh, the same meal. Um, they sign the door of the room they slept in the night before. They get um, taken to the rocket. Um, they urinate on the wheel of the of the vehicle that's taken them to the rocket. Really? Yes. How peculiar. In fact, and, and gosh, this, I think they do all the things that Yuri Gagarin did before his first space flight.
2: Why did he urinate on the way? Because he just busting and just couldn't take him back. <laughs> it's sorry, he was drunk. Yuri, you're going to have to go here. I'm sorry, It's too far to take you back.
1: All the test pilots used to do that before they got in their planes. Was the one thing they couldn't risk was burst bladders and that sort of thing when they were um, you know, test flying and things like that. So that does have a um, sort of a root in reality to where they Aviation. Where do that. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. But now it's become a it's just become a thing
0: okay there you go this has been fun mm-hmm. yeah, hasn't it very very interesting and a nice oh, dress rehearsal for our next podcast yeah. which is a secret <laughs> um right just before we go quickly anyone got anything they want to plug in a nice way stew you got anything uh no nothing no what about aren't uh, you doing the guardian stuff
1: I'm gonna uh, plug that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can come and uh, visit um, uh, my Guardian blog across the universe and yeah. uh, read all about space and things. That's nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean, anything quick?
2: It's got to be quick. No. Oh, that was quick, Miles. No, nothing, nothing of note. Well, mates with plates. mates with, oh, plates. Mates with plates. Yeah, oh. I, didn't want, I didn't want to sort of uh, hijack yeah, nice. the show. Well, you're not. Um, so yeah, we hope we've only done. Some.
0: Anyway, thank you for sorry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Super sharp Uh So we've only done two, but we're hoping to another one very, very soon. So and
0: what yeah, is it? It's a food podcast. It is a food podcast. Yeah, I ask a question, I answer the question. Well, damn, I don't yeah, even it is a food pause. podcast. Yeah, yeah. Sam.
3: Uh, mates with Plates no other than that okay
0: place. well this has been fun thank you for joining us um, thank you to Sam and Miles and Sean um, thank and thank me. you to Dan Bramwell for our artwork hmm. thank you to everyone who's helped in any way Um I'm Marco Sullivan and I'm Stuart Clark oh it's like we rehearsed that and we didn't we're just like an oiled machine
2: <laughs> perfect <laughs> symbiosis, isn't it? It's beautiful. Isn't it? Bye! Bye! If you you had the opportunity to go into space, would you go into space? Me? Yeah. No. Uh, Would anyone here? What if we paid for you to go? (laughs) What if you got really drunk? (laughs) ( whispering) Depends no. how long. What about you, uh, Sean? Depends how long. Oh, i say a week. Yeah. Yeah? Oh so? yeah, I would probably say like ten wait. nights. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Weeks not enough. that's too long. All yeah. inclusive. <laughs> <laughs> you get transfer buses.
4: You
0: get it all laid on, you
2: get Air one trip do. out
4: while you're up there. Well, why, wouldn't? Well, why wouldn't you
2: do it? <laughs> ten days. Would you? No. Why would not? you? Do, would you? Would you go into space for well, a week? Ten days? Would, I, you, would you go in? I don't know.
0: Actually, it's. I mean. I'll tell you why he wouldn't, because all you do is talk about it. Yeah, You're all that. I've had <laughs> <in the trousers.
2: laughs> all this, a of rubbish. There's no one to back it up. There's no one to challenge him. That's the thing. We've all, all been spun a yarn. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you just, <yeah>. Millions <laughs> of light and billions
1: been, of galaxies. Are. You've been letting me get away with it. You? Yeah, <laughs> so We've was,
0: been encouraging you. We're your enablers. <laughs>